This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Life's so full on, I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Yeah, thanks, Izzy. And he was pretty fearless on the field, uncom- uncompromising and an icon of the greatest game of all, which is, you know it, Izzy, eh? Rugby League. With the NRL in full swing, Melbourne Storm dominating as usual. We thought we'd track down our man, T-Bone and Huntley, Brett's mate, to have a chat. And he's on the phone with us right now. Morning, a T-Bone. Atamari, <laughs> how are you going, brother? How's it going, guys? How are you going, bro? Up early? That's not like you. You normally sleep until 11. Come on, mate. I'm on the farm, mate. 5.30 up every morning, mate. Bloody hell. This is... I said 7 o'clock, that's bloody office hours. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. We're obviously um, talking a little bit of league this morning, T-Bone. Melbourne just hit the ground running again, mate. You surprised? No, nah, mate. No. You know, when you've got a coach like Craig Bellamy, you've got a system that the Storm have implemented over the last... Well, 18 years, 20-odd years now. Kempe, they just seem to keep on turning over and, you know, nothing changes for them. Um, you know, one hiccup this year was a close one with Parramatta, but, you know, um, once again, Craig Bellamy and the Storm, uh, you know, to be there come the business end of the season. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, Penrith are pretty current premiers at the moment and they haven't missed a beat either. So, you know, you look at the top three teams there, uh, you know, pretty consistent right through the through the last few years. So, yeah, interesting uh, times for the NRL, but you know, exciting times for the Warriors. Can be one of the teams that you coached in the past. So <laughs> great to see them get three wins on the trot, mate. You know? Yeah, no, it was was um, yeah. I'd, like I thought, I thought their their draw T bone led to um, them getting a couple of wins. So it's good to see that they're up in the eight at the moment. Let's hope that they can keep that. It's a long season, as you know, T T bone. No one. No one worries about the beginning of the year. They all always look towards the back end of the year. Who's who's impressed you, mate? Like out of out of the Warriors, let's talk a little bit about them. Who's impressed you? I know Sean coming home, but um, the Ford packs changed a little bit. They've got some roll through the middle. Any anyone stood out for you? Yeah, no. Well, I, I think there's a, a couple of players as you know, Kemp. You've got to win the middle of the ruck to have any chance in this game, and um, you know. Um, just with the two big front rows at the moment, AFB, Adam Vanua Blake, Blake, um, you know, he's doing a good uh, job there at the moment. And, 
you know, if they can just get some consistency through that middle of the ruck, I think they'll be quite good. But, you know, one of the young outside backs, or young Jesse Arthurs, I've been quite impressed by his, um, you know, uh, performances over the last couple of weeks. But I think, you know, if we can control that middle of the ruck, um, Matt Lodge and uh, Adam Fanua Blake, you know, those two big boppers, if they can control that, mate, they'll be um, really great for the roll-on of the club. Nice. Well, we're talking to Tawaraniko, former league great and hard man of the the, uh, the league field, mate. Hey, um, quick question for you: Who's who do you think's the dominant forward? Who's who's the dominant forward in the NRL that kind of reminds me or reminds you of a little bit of a younger younger Tawara? Oh, mate, there's a whole lot better players in the NRL now. Than I was playing, <laughs> mate. You know, there's, there's a whole lot of good players in that in, in that form in, in terms of that. You know, when you look at the top teams, you know, James Fisher-Harris, I think, you know, playing for Penrith, you know, being standout now for the last yeah. couple of years, one of those front rowers through the middle of the ruck that, you know, is very uncompromising, very, very tough and takes no prisoners. You know, Jared, JWH, one of the other Kiwis, mate, at the Roosters, yeah. yeah. Jared's getting a bit long in the tooth now, but he's one of those enforcers <laughs> in the game that, you know, I always love to watch. You know, when you're playing the Roosters, if you know, Jared's playing, there's really usually some fireworks around that, but... You know, if I look at one of the best players in the in the NRL now, and someone that I really admire is, um, you know, Dale Finucane, who's gone from the Melbourne Storm yeah. to the Sharks. And if you look at the Sharks, where they currently sit on the table, you know, I think they could be one of the um, surprise packets for the twenty twenty two season. But you know, he's a he's a tough player. He's one of those players that does all those things around the middle of the ruck. You know, is always in there, is always carrying some good carries. So. You know, those are just three of the players that I love to watch every weekend when NRL on Fox Sports. You get to watch every single game and get to see all the mm-hmm. challenges. But, you know, those are a couple of the couple of the players, James Fisher-Harris, Dale Finucane and Joe Warrior Hargrave. But, you know, in saying that, I think there's a whole lot of uh, young Kiwi boys that are coming through the grades. Uh, you know, I like to watch uh, Dylan Walker at the Parramatta Eels. I think he's an outstanding prospect, you know, one of those up-and-coming players. Take him a little while to find a seat in the NRL. You know, it's the toughest competition in the world, the NRL. Every week you've got to be on your game and, you know, to be challenged 25, 26 weeks of the year and then play finals fully on top of that. You know, you've got to be on your game every week. And, you know, one of the things about the Warriors, I think they started to get some consistency. Kempe, you know what I mean, in terms of that. But, you know, as you said, I'll see where they are in, in round 12, which is halfway through the competition. That gives you a good indication on where teams are and how they're performing after 12 weeks in the competition, because that'll give you a bit of a run into the finals. Yeah, around around Origin time, you sort of know where your team sits, yeah. T-Bone, and, and then yeah. you look at the, the run home and, and hopefully uh, you get the wins that you need to play finals football. Hey, you just you elaborate a lot on our Kiwi boys in T-Bone, and you have a lot to do with the, um, the selection of our national side. Two questions. Um, what happens with Madge Maguire when he gets the sack? Because that's just around the corner. And the second thing, what does our Kiwi team look like? Yeah, well, as I said before, Kempe, you know, I think over the last, you know, three or four years, there's been some massive growth in terms of the number of um, Kiwi players playing in the NRL. And the challenge for us is to keep them playing for New Zealand and not to go and play, you know, for the likes of Samoa or Tonga, like Jerome Luai and a few others, Jason Tomalolo a few years ago. So... You know, it, that's the big challenge. And, you know, I feel sorry for Madge. He's been great for the Kiwis in terms of that. You know, one of the things that we've really struggled with, Kempe, is having, you know, uh, 
Kiwi coaches in the NRL, and you know, you were one of the first Māori coaches uh, to to coach in the NRL. But I think we've got you know Stephen Kearney, David Kidwell at the moment. You know, two of the that are involved in the top line. That you know, Mooks is back at uh, Melbourne. Got Kitty at the um, Parramatta Eels. So you know, I've got no um, no hesitation in saying that those guys possibly could be a replacement in the future. So, yeah, Stacey's coaching, you know, being assistant coach at the Warriors. So, you know, we've got some great players that we all played with, um, Kempi, in terms of that, that are getting used to the grind or the NRL, but, you know, playing international football and pulling on their jersey is something different. So, yeah, it's a bit sad for Madge. I've got a good relationship with him over the last five years, but, mate, he's he's um, he's struggling at the moment, uh, you know, with, with the Tigers, and if you look at his roster, it's pretty tough, but you know, as you know, Kempi, once you get to a certain um, certain place in your coaching career, um, it's pretty tough to come back from yep. areas like this. And uh, I'm sad to say that without some support, he could be on his way in the Mate, next I'm, week or so. I'm still paying for it, T-Bone. I've still got the Cyclops Warrior supporters <laughs> giving it to me every day. As <laughs> <laughs> he's got, got another question for you, mate. Hey, T, um, I just want to ask you about, you just touched on it briefly with uh, the Samoans and the Tongans and, and their resurgence in the game of league. I want to ask you your thoughts on that. Um, the, the players that have played for yeah, your Tier 1 teams, the Kiwis and the Australians, going back and representing the, the smaller nations, are you are you a big fan of it? Or are you, or are you thinking oh. uh, it's, it's good for the game? Oh, I think it's good for the game, mate. You know, with the uh, with the Kiwis, it'd be great that we could have them keep them all, but we can't. You know what I mean? So if it's yeah. going to grow the game and make those tier two, former tier two nations, be get stronger, that's that's what you want for the game of rugby league. But you know, in terms of us, that's where the Kiwis really need to be out there targeting a lot of our younger players coming through our junior system. Because what happens, uh, Izzy, is that you know, if you're a good young talented rugby league player in New Zealand, you have to go to Aussie. And Kempi and I did that. Geez, we're going back into the 1980s. When did we go, Kempi? As 19-year-olds, uh, 18-year-olds. 1987. That's a long time ago. 1988, was it? Yeah. 87, 87, 88. That's it, T-Bone. 87, 88. We left to have to go to Aussie to, to buy our trade. So that was, you know, a long, long time ago. But what we need to do is make sure that those guys understand what the Kiwi Jump is about, uh, who they want to play for. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I've got no um, qualms about those guys wanting to represent their... their their parents, uh, you know, uh, far know their, their, their culture and their heritage, whether it's Samoa, Tonga, you know, a new way or whatever it is. But I think, you know, for us as New Zealand, we've got enough players to go around and we can pick the best. We've got a couple of the best and, you know, the likes of Jared Warrior, Hardgraves, you know, uh, you know, and we've had some great players, the likes of Nelson Asafa Solomona that said, no, I'm going to play for the Kiwis. So, you know, it's those guys like that that, that will lead that change and hopefully influence some of those younger players. So, I'm all for growing our game and making it stronger, but really for making sure that those guys that come through our systems uh, in New Zealand, as youngers, understand what it is to pull on that black and white jumper, which Kimpy and I have both experienced and, and we loved, you know, and something that we'll never, ever um, uh, forget. Never, never, ever, T-Bone. You're dead right. Bleed black, mate. Not maroon, not blue, yeah. not yellow and gold. It's black. That's um, right, mate. That's right. <laughs> Hey, T-Bone, I'm just going to change tact here. Uh, and the reason yeah. I'm going to do that is because you can talk about the significance of our culture. Um, the the uh, New Zealand Rugby Union came out with 26 changes to this, uh, 26 recommendations to the women's uh, black ferns. What a, what a joke that was, mate. What do you think about that? Well, 
Well, I just want you to talk a little bit about significance <laughs> and cultural significance being Māori and Pacifica in the players because we deal with that all the time in rugby league. You know, our our teams are 90% um, Polynesian. What what can they learn from rugby league in, in this instance? Because I think there's a really good learning here. Um, and And sometimes I think that you should go to other sports that have actually dealt with it which we, we have um, quite significantly in that cultural space. So do you want to touch on just that significance of the of the Māori and Pacifica and, and what they mean in the game of rugby league and how we deal with it? Yeah, that's a really, really good point, Kimby. And, and when I... Because that was the news yesterday around the rugby union and stuff that they'd come out with, and I thought, what the hell? Mate, we've been dealing with this for the last 12, 15 years, Kimby, in terms of us being able to engage, connect, uh, you know, bring in the families, the, the parents, that the cultural significance. Because when you talk about Pacifica and Māori, it's the extended fun. Of, hey, you know, our cultural experience doesn't really just include ourselves. It's around the wider whānau, the ainga, you know, all those different aspects of that culture, you know, incorporating, you know, our own hakas and delivering them specifically with that, you know, the designs of our jerseys now incorporate all our... Um, Pacifica, Samoan, Tongan, uh, all their tattoos, you know, it's a whole lot of different space and being able to connect and engage with your, you know, with the recipients of our game. And I think one of the big things, Kempe, you just have a look at the Indigenous game now on the calendar for the NRL with the New Zealand Māori and the um, Indigenous mm-hmm. Aboriginals. Mate, that's a, that's an amazing spectacle. It's grown so huge now and it's a showpiece event to kick off the NRL season every year. And hopefully um, in 2023, we'll get to have that game here in New Zealand. That's something that the New Zealand Māori Rugby League has been targeting. And, you know, your mate JD has done a good job there. So I think one of the great things that uh, New Zealand Rugby League uh, has done is to really incorporate that whānau perspective, really to have that cultural perspective. And by bringing in um, specialists and tōhungas and sharing those stories, because we go right back with the Kiwis, you know, there's always been Māori, there's always been Pacifica involved in these games, and we've embraced that openly, wholeheartedly. And I think one of the things that Rugby Union could learn was to, you know, have more cultural awareness in terms of that and engagement. I know that the Rugby Union have a, a Māori kaumātua, but, you know, with the women's teams, and I think that's a great thing about New Zealand Rugby League. You know, there's some key elements in terms of really being ingrained and and absorbing and sitting in those cultures. So, you know, that's been one of the key elements why we've been so successful with our demographic camping. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Hey, quickly, uh, Tawara, just before we, we let you go, I know Kempi's got one more question. Um, I want to ask you about Kempi. Because he comes <laughs> on here and tells stories about everyone else, but it doesn't really tell... Oh, he, yeah, it's himself in there somewhere, somewhere thereabouts. But got any stories on uh, on Tony Kemp you can share with us? Uh... Oh, jeez, I'm not that I'm not when people are listening anyway, is he, in terms of that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll tell you one story, is he, um, uh, Kempi and I played each other. Kempi was playing down in Waitara, uh, and um, I remember well, it might have been under 15s when we first played against uh, each other in the tournament, and we're lining up. The Waikato boys ran out on the field, and we're there, we're standing there, and then the Taranaki um, boys run out on the field, and we all looked at each other because we saw, we thought there was a girl because she had really long hair. 
course, you can't play against a girl. She's got really long hair. That's not fair. You know, this was under 15. And we turned around and it was Tony Kemp. That's, I don't know, a lot of people would have known Kempy, but he used to have really long hair. And, and then I went out and carved his up. His head was right down to his back, down to his ass, down the bottom there. But Kempy used to play with long hair as a youngster when he first came, when he was the first young player. And, uh, we thought, oh, yeah, no, we'll tackle that girl. She looks all right, but it was Kempi, and we turned around, oh, no, we're not tackling him. He was too ugly. <laughs> oh, I still remember that. Yeah, true story, true story. Kempi, I don't know if Kempi's got some old photos, but he used to have really long hair, mate, when he was playing as a youngster. Not many people know that. No, so I'll tell we'll them, get that on Twitter. I ain't given Izzy a photo of that. I don't know what he would do with it. Hey, we've got one from him. When, when did you cut your hair, Kempi? Oh, I cut what it. I cut it in the under 15s, mate. Yeah, I was the opposite oh. of I was the opposite of Hercules when they cut the hair. Bloody, I was a little skinny thing with long hair. Cut my hair, and I, I grew, and I'm still growing. Hey, we got a cousin from Bretton Huntley. He said, uh, "Was he a harder man on the league field or as a teenage girl soccer coach?" A couple of years ago, because oh. no team has ever run more shuttles than the team <laughs> under his tutelage. Uh, to be fair, they what does he say here? They racked up some big scores, though. That's your mate Brett, mate. He phones in from Huntley every day. Oh, he, you know they were the fittest, mate. I never coached soccer before, but my girls, all I did was Broncos and uh, flips <laughs> and four hundred. <laughs> and you know what? We used to win by. 20 goals in the game, mate. You know what? Because my team was the fittest team. They weren't the most skillful, but they were the fittest, man. They used to blitz teams in the second half. So, yeah, so first year coaching soccer, I won the competition only because they were the fittest team. Yeah. How good is that? It is so good. Oh, Amazing. Mate. You won the high school and the Waikato competition, mate. Yeah. Oh, so there man, you go. that's Three good. Yeah. Hard work beats a, a team of uh, all skillful players, mate. Work harder than them, you'll beat them. Well done. That is a great story, Tawana. Mate, thank you so much for coming on the show, Kempi, and sharing some great stories and some great messages as well, particularly around the, the diverse uh, teams that we have and the cultures within these teams and uh, sharing your experiences, mate. We really appreciate, appreciate you, Tawana Nico, coming on the show. And uh, take care, mate. We'll get you on very shortly. Go back to bed, too, uh, No worries, really appreciate that, Kimby. Take care, guys. Thanks for having me. Real privilege and honour, and uh, go to Melbourne Storm. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, Kimby. Loved that. Loved yeah, that. He's a, great get. He's, he's a real hard case, mate. He, like, you're going to... Oh, well, I'll tell you a story. We go to, we go to um, Olsen full of Piner's uh, tonguey, his funeral... And Tawad has just got everyone laughing, mate. It's just a totally different atmosphere, you know what I mean? So, um, nah, good bloke, is he? Absolute champ. Yeah, nice. Nice, mate. Loved it. Loved it. Louis, you enjoy that? Yeah, thoroughly, mate. And um, you're right. His messages around diversity and what goes on, mm. especially, and that was the first thing that jumped off the paper. Let's talk more about it uh, after this around the Black Ferns and, and exactly how the messages were mixed, missed and who the Black Ferns actually were in the framework that they were trying to be coached and clearly there was mixed messages and Tawara just middled it, nail on head. So let's reflect on that after this. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.